tuned in to dar sports media we are coming flying in with a weekend wrestling uh there wasn't a ton ton of news so it'll be a little bit more informative review type just giving thoughts maybe some prayers on the week's happenings i got the owner and proprietor dar sports media here with me right now looking back at the week that was the return of cm punk to SmackDown, AEW still rolling along with their storylines with the Continental Classic uh, and kind of a, I guess we can start there. Man, this ring of, Tony, brother, I am begging you. Well, there's several things I'm begging you for, but uh, just take a look at Truth's timeline, Twitter, Twitter timeline, and you'll figure it out. But on the wrestling side of things, <laughs> on the wrestling <laughs> side of things bro <sighs> please please hire a crew to run ring of honor for you because this is yeah. fucking crazy last i checked unless something majorly changed there's still at like a thousand tickets sold in a it's fucking awful. in a 3500 config building um there's only a few matches and like this is it'd be one thing man but like this is habitual at this point we were saying the same shit about the last ring of honor pay-per-view as far as the matches being announced uh this time this the matches announced and plus no one's fucking going so come on man just at some point being uh Part of being a high-functioning person and a strong leader is when you acknowledge blind spots mm-hmm. and and employ people to help you get things done, um, like booking Ring of Honor, like paying people on time, uh, um, like uh, you know things like that. Um, this Ring of Honor thing is is this is rough, man. Please, I'm begging you. Hire someone to run this promotion, this brand for you, and stop letting this happen because it's the second time in a row it's been like this, and the numbers now are are suffering greatly because of it. A lot to be said about that. Um, Ring of Honor has John Moxley, Brian Danielson, and uh, Claudio against Mark Briscoe and FTR. This was announced randomly. Because they were not moving any tickets. Uh, per some some reports, they've moved another, what, 100 tickets since. But here's the thing. AEW is still not, like, white hot right now. They're still not hot. They're still not really anything. So because of that, what you have is a really interesting situation where AW is not hot. 
then why would Ring of Honor be hot? So you're trying to fill a 3,000 plus seat venue, which what's even worse. Not- it was even worse as collision. This is this is a real fucking knock. Collision isn't looking too much better. Collision's only sold another 900 tickets than Ring of Honor has. Yeah. Well, I think the thing is when you look at the program right now, what's exciting about AEW and Ring of Honor? Athena should not be in Ring of Honor. Let's start there. Well, it's it's weird because when they bought Ring of Honor and they started all this, Ring of Honor was incessantly, was all over the TV, and it was pissing people off because it's like, God damn it, this is AEW, and this is so much Ring of Honor shit on the TV. Now it's swung completely in the other direction where things that happen in Ring of Honor might as well happen in an alternate fucking dimension. There's a, there's a very strong case for Athena being the wrestler of the year, but who the fuck has seen it? And they don't even talk about it. Like, would no it kill them to show some highlights? Like, just you know what I mean? Like, that's a meet in the middle type thing. You show some highlights of, hey, this is what you're missing on Ring of Honor. Uh, you know, a little recap uh, coming back from a commercial break, like the WWE used to do with their their other shows, the uh, Smack of the Night, the Raw. You know, when they had SmackDown, Raw was really separate. 0203. They would come back from a commercial break and the bumper would be, you know, a one minute recap of all the crazy shit that happened on SmackDown and then uh, vice versa on that happened on Raw when the show was SmackDown. Yeah. Would it fucking kill him to do that? Like, hey, if Athena's killing it, this is what's going on. Uh, these are the, you know. So I'm going yeah. to say something. I'm going to say something that I think people realize and don't realize. Um, I think AEW think they think that their fans are super smarter than the other wrestling fans in the world. So they feel like, and I also feel like their fans are habitually online, which is somewhat true, but it's also not true in the sense of you think about it, right? Tonight, you know, on on SmackDown, CM Punk can make an AEW reference to, you know, brawl out. And, like, maybe, you know, some of the crowd gets it, but a lot of the crowd doesn't get it. And it was, like, 95% of the crowd had no fucking idea what he was referencing. Yeah, so that shows that, like, wrestling fans don't necessarily always pay attention to what you think they pay attention to. And, you know, to me, I think AEW believes that their fan base should be smarter or should be such and such. And I know this because I've talked to people in AEW who have said this about their fan base. And it's like, we're not like the WWE, but you're not very different either. So I think that's another issue with that. WWE recaps everything. They literally recap everything. And it's uh, fucking nails on a chalkboard. Like, I I don't want that. But your primary show on cable should give people a little look into a show that's a completely different promotion that's available only on a fucking pay per sign up streaming service. Like, yeah, you should fucking recap that. The truth be told, Ring of Honor was doomed the moment it was put on just Honor Club and it couldn't find a television deal. 
it was doomed then because if you had a window to utilize Ring of Honor and get it a television deal, then you have something worthwhile. You have something that you can cook with, something that you can kind of work with. Now, the issue that I have here is WWE doesn't... WWE will show you what happens on NXT, right? But NXT is basically on TV, and you'll see commercials promoting it. You know what would be actually pretty cool to have on Dynamite or Collision? A Ring of Honor commercial, commercial. promoting. Yeah. Promoting so I think... So Honor people, Club. people will point out exactly that Honor Club is not owner run or anything by Turner. But you know, Tony's always up there talking about how they're this these amazing fucking these amazing TV partners. Okay, well, if you can't give me a TV deal for this promotion, at least show me let me show one commercial per night per show for Honor Club. Like, I don't think that's too much to ask. Dude's supposed to be this powerful uh, businessman. They're supposed to be these amazing uh, TV partners. Why the fuck can't that get done? And I think that's a part of the problem, right? Like, your 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 partners aren't what they should be. They aren't giving you essentially what you what you need in terms of p- promoting your other product or your other other piece of product, I guess that is going to help you. In the future, um, I think Rick of Honor has has a way of being very very successful and, and possibly profitable if they do it right. The unfortunate part is, is that I just don't think they <laughs> they'll do it right. So um, you know you you have you have Tony who doesn't seem to grasp that people if you if people are going to buy what you're selling. You have to give them a reason to buy what you're selling. Ring of Honor is super cold because who's the champion? Eddie Kingston, right? Eddie Kingston's the champion. What is Eddie Kingston doing? He's in the Continental Classic. He's He's got his own comeback story right now, which they're clearly doing, which I think this match is the match versus Claudio is going to be on collision, mm-hmm. I think. So, spoiler alert, I mean, it's very obvious where they're going. It's like, oh, I can't lose it all, blah, blah, blah. I think we're we're we're, we're going to a place where Moxley and possibly uh, or Swerve is going to – Swerve versus Kingston or Moxley versus Kingston is going to be the final. I think this is where it's, it's heading, right? Because right now it seems impossible for Eddie to get – to get there, and he's got his two championships along with the Continental. Like it, it's so you have the Ring of Honor World Champion tied up in this. So what can you do to sell it, or sell people on the idea of like, hey, this is a feud that's gonna happen, and this is a feud you should care about, people. This is a feud you should want to actually pay attention to. Where is where is that, you know, there's no oomph behind any of this. I think that's the problem. There's no oomph behind Ring of Honor. Billy Starks is cool. Uh, I think she's a talented young, young, young talent. But let's be clear, she ain't putting asses in seats. She ain't, you know, she's not 
getting people to tune in to honor club like that, it's just not realistic. And that once again plays into the issue that we have with Ring of Honor and with AW in general. Right now, I mean, I think Dynamite and certain in collision with their wrestling, and I'm sure the Daniel uh Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia match, shout out, you know, shout out to Daniel Garcia. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, because he's been he's been stepping his game up and he's getting to showcase his talent. He's not winning shit, obviously, but I think it's it's good to at least allow him to showcase his talent against these great talents because he is way too good to be sitting on the sidelines while Ric Flair and other people get TV time. So, um, but like I said, I, I just think, once again, the Continental Classic is taking basically everything over, right? It's taking everything over as the focus. Right now for AEW, um, you know. Well, other than well, that's okay. So we can move on to Dynamite. I thought that was a damn fine show, and I think for the most part they've been cooking lately, uh, especially because of the Continental Classic. Like I thought that was a good Dynamite. Unfortunately, other than this Devil thing, it's mm. taken on Max Mum silliness. Uh, See what you did there. That was rough. Um, See what you did. I, I don't know. That was that was a rough segment. I don't – this can't get over soon enough because I really like the rest of the show. I'm ready for uh, – I'm ready to move this, this – uh, move on with this devil storyline. I But I do enjoy Samoa Joe, like, being the angry dad, like, trying to keep him – keep his shit together. Um, what are your thoughts on, on this – on the way that's developed so far? So the only way it would have made sense for that story to end was if, honestly, you had the person who he came out to, you know, like a mind game, to switch thing. That was a perfect story. And perhaps that was where they were going to go with it. You know, maybe that was a part of the whole story, right? Like mind games, the henchman stuff might not have been a part of it. I think the mask being stolen and that story eventually leading to World's End, where Max's contract, quote unquote, ends in a couple weeks. Um, I thought that was the story that they were they were gonna tell. And obviously Punk, Punk, uh, you know, it's gone from AEW now. So I I don't I don't like this story. I feel like it jumped the shark already. I feel like I feel like AEW thinks they have an idea of what they want to do, but I don't think. They're executing it the right way. I was told not too long ago, they need to let us tell our story. And I asked, who is they? And they said, the fans. And I said, I think the fans are giving you the opportunity to tell your story. You're just not nailing it. And I know that didn't sit well with those people over there. I mean, I you, could, you could say who needs to do what, but y'all need to be getting over... 850,000 viewers a week and that's not even fucking happening at this point look man I've said this before on Twitter and I'll say this here I think I'll say it here too the problem with AEW and what they do is the egos in the room you don't see it on these people because they don't show it to you in public but privately the ego that these people have there this is behind the scenes in front of the camera all that stuff it's 
it's a problem because the moment you express discontent with uh, with something they've done, they look at you like, how dare you say anything about what we're doing? They look at the fans like that, too. I mean, it's just being honest. You know, one thing I like to do is be honest and be straightforward and upfront. They do look at their fan base and some of the other fans like, why? Like, why is this? Why is this? Why are they saying this? Or why don't they understand what we're doing? And it's like, it's like it's not so much they don't understand; they just don't like it. You're not gonna, you're not gonna hit it out the park. Every yeah, time. not ev- not everything is great. Sometimes you got to pivot. Sometimes you got to take constructive criticism, and 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 look at it. As long as I mean, you know, I get it. Us against the world, little engine that could. But at the same time, if it's clear that people have your best interest in mind. And, and they also, have some thoughts, then that's nothing to fucking should at least be a conversation or a thought process or to consider. Like, hey, okay, yeah. You know, also, I think another thing that bothers me, and I'll, I'll be completely like transparent here, is this this idea that this us against the world little engine that like you just mentioned. I think it's I think that's silly. I think it's silly because you're no longer that company that just started. And you just got a TV deal and all that stuff. You're not that company anymore. You are a very big company now. You're run by a billionaire, a family of billionaires. And that also own their own soccer club, that own a football team that's currently doing doing very well, by the way, and looking like they might take their division. So you, you're not the little engine that could. You've signed... Brian Danielson, you signed Edge, you signed CM Punk at one point, Adam Cole. You are making upwards of $200 million in revenue right now. There's so much. Gross, not net. Well, yeah. Still, regardless, you're still doing okay. You're not struggling. You know, you, you don't, you don't. So, like, you're not the little engine that could. You're a big company that is supposed to be an alternative. And that's why I enjoy the Continental Classic because you're not going to get too much of that on WWE. Hell no. You're not getting 15, 20-minute matches like that. And that's what or I You might, up. but they sound like they're taking place in a fucking library. Oh, yeah, that, don't, that doesn't move. That doesn't move a WWE crowd. Like, it just is what it is. And so, like, there is a difference in audience. But at the same time, if you expect your audience... You know, uh, if you expect your audience to always be like, hey, they like what I do. Like, that is a disconnect, I think, with AEW uh, and their audience a little bit. Well, is you know, AEW- people, people were saying that there's, oh, there's an obvious crossover. But what I see is, is whenever anything AEW-based gets referenced on Raw or SmackDown, uh, no one seems to know what the fuck they're talking about. But on the other hand, when there's a WWE pay-per-view that goes up against a collision, uh, collision eats shit. So that doesn't say crossover to me. That says, if I have the option to watch WWE, I'm going to watch WWE. And you know what? I think, in all honesty, like, like AEW is like, when it first started, you remember how great those ratings were that first Dynamite? Of course. Like, 
I mean, that it, it was just insane, right? Like it was just super insane. Like one point, was it four, one point yeah. five or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. And I think I was there that night in DC. As was for that I. show. Which is it's always funny. We 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 were 2019, we were in the same place at the same time, a couple of minutes. You know, Ring of Honor, New Japan, yeah. AEW. It's funny. Um, and so I remember thinking to myself, if I was a viewer, and this is no knock on them like now, it's just after we left the show, me, Apollo, and everything like that, we were, we were riding. It's funny, funny story, not really funny, but a funny story. We got pulled over for something right after leaving AEW, and we sat on the side of the road with the cops for two hours. So that's a fun experience to recall from the first Dynamite. But I remember leaving, and I said, man, if you were trying to get people to watch your show every week, I probably wouldn't have ended it with Jack Swagger being your surprise person to show up on your first show. I was like, but everybody else is under contract. There's no CM Punk at the time. Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan didn't leave, wasn't leaving. So I was like, okay, whatever, right? No big deal. But I remember thinking... They have to learn to find a way to keep this audience. But they didn't learn how to keep the audience. And I think the reason why they didn't learn how to keep the audience is because the audience was only interested to see if there was anything different. And on your first show, you got your Cody's. You have Jericho. Um, I think Moxley was on there with Omega. I think. I think yep. They, yep. they went through a glass table. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, but I think those are the things that made people, you know, those are things that's like, it's WWE light. You got Cody here, you got Jericho, you got such and such. Like, there wasn't anything to differentiate AEW on that first Dynamite from WWE. And I think a lot of people tuned in and never tuned in again. At least to, to what well, I know. <laughs> no. And the problem, the issue is with everything like okay everything's like hot out of the gate but then how do you upscale like how do you handle success how do you progress to the next level and it's going the opposite way now you know like i say and everybody bookmarks my tweets and people want to fucking fight about it i make note of the fact that people act like this is an acceptable standard below 850 now I, didn't we just a few months ago on this show, this fucking podcast, say, oh, 8, 850, under 900 is the new standard, and now we're saying under 850 is the new standard. Now, eight in the 820s is the new standard that's acceptable, quote-unquote. Go keep dropping. So we're dropping. Whatever fits the narrative. So the scaling is not working. It's going the other way. The crowds are getting smaller. The TV audience is getting smaller. Yep. These should not be acceptable fucking standards. If you care about this brand, if you care about there being an alternative, it should not be acceptable. It should be acknowledged as a fucking negative trend. And like, what the fuck is this? So all of you fucking weirdos, goofballs who fucking bookmark my shit and got something to say. Get a fucking life and actually act like you give a shit about AEW because destructive criticism is what's healthy and what they fucking need because they're going in the wrong fucking direction by the numbers. I'm going to I'm going to point out something that I think is an issue 
And I mean no harm when I say this. I truly mean no harm when I say this. But I was, I had a tweet sent to me. And the tweet was something that somebody randomly had said, right? Like, I don't even know who the person was. But it was someone from AW and they said, this is the type of shit that I don't like. These people are this and these people are that. And I said, yo, question. I was like, yo, uh, how do you know that's just not genuinely how he feels? And then they're like, well, I spent, I was searching his name and, and certain buzzwords. And I was like, you took the time out of your day to search a random account that has like 80 followers and you wanted to search what he's been saying about your company. And that's that's what you're bothered by. And I think I said something to the guy who said that, who, who originally tweeted what they were mad about. I was like, oh man, I'm like, I don't know why people are mad, it's just dude's opinion. Like, you don't have to agree. Like, like nah, man, they bad faithers. And it's like, how do you know somebody's a bad faith? They're like, and then that, then there was a conversation when like people were talking about, man, I, I wasn't sold on Swerve at first, but now, like, I'm sold on Swerve, and he's gotten so much better. And then Swerve is like responding to the people, and it's like, nah, stay over there. You ain't like me at first, and it's like, bro, you're a wrestler. People might not have liked your gimmick at first. You changed, became a whole different gimmick. You're not the same gimmick as when you showed up. People might like that now, and they didn't like what you did before. It's okay for that to be the case. These are little small things that I think bother AW, and it's stupid to be. I mean, there's, me. a, there's, there's a fucking pa- – is there not a pattern of thin-skinnedness mm-hmm. between what the fuck happened backstage with the fucking EVPs and losing their top fucking draw of the company and this shit you're talking about and people getting upset about fucking – your feelings don't don't pay the bills. You can get your feelings hurt all you want, but the numbers are going fucking down. Speaking of numbers, man. this ain't about fucking feelings. Speaking of numbers, <laughs> hey, hey, Continental Classic fucking rocks. I love what Julia Hart's doing. Can't wait for her segment every week. Just, just so we can end on that a, note. And World's Julia End will probably Hart. be a good show. What's that? Yeah, I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan of Julia Hart. I, I, I like she is she is arguably when you really think about it, the biggest development AEW has done in the time that they've existed. She went from barely more than a valet cheerleader, like this ridiculous gimmick, to one of the best gimmicks, one of the best entrances, a highlight of the show, completely and fully developed right there in AEW. There's an argument to be made. I, I I don't disagree on that. I think her progression has been amazing. Um, I don't know. I I am very very confused at how someone who was out there with uh, what's his what's his what's their faces Brian Pillman Jr. At first, Griff. Griff Garrison, and now she's this, uh, you know, really amazing 
performer who is a champion now. I think it's just interesting because, you know, I think when I was watching Julia Hart, when she first started out with the cheerleading gimmick, I didn't really see it. You know, I don't think a lot of people saw it with her. Just I was just like, ah, she's, you know, the cheerleader gimmick is cool, you know, like the attire, but I didn't see it. And then I guess kind of the House of Black thing started in it, in, you know, Malachi and and everybody, they had their own little you know, their own little issues in AW, so you don't always get to see them. But when she was there, I thought she was a great fit. And now she's kind of altered her gimmick, right? Because before she was coming out and she was like all black and now she's got like the red thing going on and you know, the other things. There are other things that appear to have been uh, a purposeful yeah, um, yes. love what Julia Hart's doing. Love what to transition. Speaking of top draws, Punk, I think came through. First of all, they gave him the nine to ten bridge, uh, so we didn't have to fucking wait all goddamn night for it. And he absolutely fucking crushed it. I know the first thing that you brought up to me, and that I was like, yep is, okay, he comes into the company. There's rumors he has beef with Seth Rollins. There's rumors he has beef with Kevin Owens. First real promo after his welcome back promo, his first real wrestling promo, bam, addressing him. Seth Rollins, fuck you. Kevin Owens, I'll see you when I see you. They have a run-in backstage. They're already working. They're already working. What apparently is is real-life fucking issues. Because that's what's going to sell tickets. That's what's best for business. They're already working it. Um, And along with putting him in a very intriguing storyline headed into the Royal Rumble where Punk wants to, you know, we all remember the Colt Cabana podcast. This has always been Punk's thing. He wants to main event a WrestleMania. He wants to main event a WrestleMania. Obviously, Cody is also in the Royal Rumble trying to win so he can finish the story. So now you automatically diametrically opposed two of your biggest stars, top headliners heading into the Royal Rumble. Ton of intrigue. They already got him do working, throwing shots, throwing working shots at Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. A damn fine night of work for the WWE and CM Punk last night. Uh, that I agree with. I fully agree with that. I um, I think they're doing something that should have been done, right? I think that's, so it's like, like what well, should not should have been done, but should have been, what well, should have been done in, in AEW with Paul. We got Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns chat, Cody Rhodes face-to-face, Randy Orton and LA Knight was a segment I, I missed, but I kind of caught up a little bit. So, you know, I'm looking at this, and as I see it, I'm like, yo, this is kind of crazy, right? It's kind of crazy because Punk is literally going face-to-face with every SmackDown superstar, and you can only imagine in Cleveland, on Raw, he's going to go face-to-face with every 
star that's there too. You know, you might have them. I mean, I don't know who. I don't really know who's on Raw, so I can't really. Um, I don't know who. Neither like does Raw. WWE half the time. You know, um, but like, I don't know. Let's see, Jay Uso. That could be something. You know, it could be something there. And I don't know. I think I don't. Know, I just think there's something to to speak of when you look at when you look at this whole whole thing that they're doing with Punk, I think WWE allowing him to go out there and say what he wanted to say, give him the freedom, not only does it make for more interesting TV, it also shows that we might not get the same CM Punk we got in AEW, but he won't be completely watered down. And that's all you can ask for, right? Because Allowing Punk to say the things that's on his mind, allowing Punk to kind of be himself benefits everybody involved. And unfortunately, if you want to know the truth, that was the problem in AEW. They did not want him to be himself. They wanted him to, and like I said, I've, I've I've, I've spoken before about this that the Bucks were like, oh, okay, well, if we allow him, you know, we'll wait and see how it goes. If he acts right for a couple of months, then maybe we'll revisit this, which is like, do you really believe that? I don't believe that. Punk didn't believe it either. And so now I they're think, not on the show, and now they're doing 820 a week. Cool. Yeah. And so Punk teased all in one night, Punk literally teased every opponent that in the next year he could have. And he's are you like are you like on a ship right now, like drifting away from your microphone? Hold on. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but you're just getting quieter and quieter. Oh, it's the headphones. Hey, there we are. Okay. That's what it is. I'm like laying like laying down. So yeah, he was in a boat. Trues in a boat, and he's like, I got the little lantern hanging on the edge of the the rowboat. And he's just like, floating nah, it, it's right. it, it's it's about as close to it's about as close to reality as we can get right now. So, <laughs> so no, um, no. So like, you know, I think you have Punk versus Seth Rollins, which that's a main event program. These are two guys who deserve to main event and headline of WrestleMania. Who, if they stick with the plan, but once again, I heard the plan is the rumble, and I heard that speaking of real glass, there could be some glass breaking mm-hmm. after the Royal Rumble. They're gonna get me in there. God damn yeah. it. Now, if look, if Stone Cold Steve Austin and CM Punk go one-on-one at WrestleMania 40, you bet your ass. I'm in the motherfucker. Cause that is I was in the building uh the weekend of WrestleMania 29 because I wanted to see The Rock. That was a bad idea for me because that shit turned completely wrong. I you know, I've I've gotten to be there for everybody. That I grew up, every single even you know we all boo Hulk Hogan right shit up fuck him, but 
it was still wild to be in a building and hear that music hit and hear that pop. I met as Hulk a, Hogan as a and child, as a child, you know, who grew up on the late eighties, early nineties, WWF. It was still wild to, to, to knock that one down. Sting, even Bret Hart, which I never thought would fucking happen. And it did. Um, every one of them, everyone, the rock, everybody I watched as a kid, except yeah. stone cold, Steve Austin. It's the only one I have left. If that, yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to get those last day, night before StubHub, back row, fifty bucks. Like I'm gonna have to do it. Well, <laughs> I think, I think the thing that makes this kind of funny is that they're doing polls right now, right? And a lot of people are saying. They'd rather Seth versus Punk at Mania than Austin versus Punk. And that I doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. I, I got news for you, True. Um, we're kind of old. I, I, I know we're old. I'm old. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. But I think what people don't realize is that the better feud would be Austin versus Punk. The better match, obviously. If Punk they could properly, if they could properly do the feud, yes, absolutely, it would be better than with Austin and fucking Punk. Come on now. Because I think what it is is that Punk versus Rollins, with Punk coming back to win the Rumble. I mean, I guess, I guess that that works too, and it kind of showcases the present. Because obviously, Seth Rollins is not the future of WWE. He's been around for ten plus years. So, but I also think for a guy like Punk, it's bucket list stuff, right? The one person that you've never faced, because he's faced Seth Rollins before. He's had matches with Cody Rhodes. He's, you know, he's fought Roman Reigns before. He's, you know, he's fought Randy Orton. I think the only person he hasn't really fought was what? uh, I guess him and Steen, well, Kevin Owens, maybe they didn't have an actual match. But they came up around this, like, a little bit after the same, you know, around the same time-ish. Um, LA Knight, maybe you know, he's had matches against the Usos, he's fought all the prominent people, he's pretty much fought, you know. And so, when you look at a WrestleMania, it's like Punk versus Seth Rollins will always be there. If you want to even hold it off until SummerSlam, you could do that. If you want to do Punk versus Cody at SummerSlam, you could do that. But at WrestleMania, Stone Cold Steve Austin getting to wear the vest again. Yeah. Black trunks, black boots, and standing across the ring from CM Punk in front of 70,000 people. That's a moment. And I and I think like I said, I heard the the rumor was that they were going to do Punk versus Rollins at the Rumble. But the one element that I was telling somebody Actually, I was texting somebody about about the show right while we were getting on air. I think the one thing that people are missing is that Adam Pierce now has to sell Punk on Raw, right? He went to SmackDown. He saw these other people. One way you can sell Punk on Raw is, hey, I'll do you one better. Instead of having you go through 29 other men, at the Royal Rumble. To take I'll the belt off Rollins. 
I'll let you t- punch your ticket at the Rumble. You go there, and then Punk loses to Rollins because I don't think he's beating Rollins for the belt. No. I actually don't don't think that's happening. And then Punk can become driven with the concept of main eventing WrestleMania and what would be the biggest thing he could do. There's also something to be also could be something to be said about Austin and Punk headlining night one of WrestleMania 40. And Seth feeling slighted, and you can oh, absolutely, you it's can it's going to be, and it'll be poetic because it's Seth will feel the same way that Punk felt about when the fucking Rock came in. Yep, like hey, so, I carried this fucking company. I would, I was their champion, and then this fucking legend who's on who isn't even here comes in and steals the reign of men at WrestleMania. It's the exact same thing. And then he will call him out the next night on Raw and say, you have become exactly what you used to talk shit about. It, it, there's there's so much there that they can run with. And I think I think the, the only thing that's stopping that match from happening is Stone Cold Steve Austin. And not because he doesn't feel like he can he can't do it. He doesn't want to come in and mess up anything is what it is. So that's the hurdle right now. But I I personally want Punk versus Austin because that is a dream match. If I couldn't get Punk versus Omega in AEW, give me Punk versus Austin in WWE. If they're not going to do the dream matches, damn it, then WWE, you do the damn dream matches. Somebody do the damn dream match to Punk. There's the two biggest money matches with Punk right there. Austin and Punk, Omega and Punk. If we don't get either one of those. Yeah, those are the two biggest matches, but I think another real big one is is him and Roman, as you know, given the stature that Roman has (laughs) at this point, plus the history that they have together. You want to talk about people who played a starring role in that Colt Cabana fucking podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I make mean, Roman I guess look strong. Is... Make Roman. I thought he was gonna say it on that promo last night. Remember who made you look strong? I'm back, and that's not my uh, job he, anymore. Like you know what I'm saying? I thought he, he was he, gonna say that. Well, punk, punk has freedom, but I don't think he's not gonna go that far. I don't think he's gonna do that because that that actually hurt Roman's feelings for whatever. Even though it's true, it's weird. But um, I think. The Roman and Punk feud is big, but it's not a dream match because we've always seen them fight before. You know I mean, like, I feel like a dream match is something yeah, you've never seen. Yeah, not this version Roman of both of these man. guys, though. Yeah, okay. Uh, if you, you've literally never seen them touch before. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, for me, that's why I say a dream because it's like, man, you know, with Punk and Austin, it's like, this is the Attitude Eras and, the, and arguably the GOAT versus a different era, arguably the GOAT of that era. And so for older wrestling fans, because that's what WrestleMania has been about, right? It's it's bringing together the new fans, the current fans, and trying to bring some old fans back. That's why you would have Rock come back, Brock Lesnar, you know, Undertaker will come back every year. It's like you want to have guys there that the average fan knows. There's no bigger person than Stone Cold Steve Austin and CM Punk's return right now is gangbusters right now, man. It's it's people are into it, people are enjoying it. It's 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 being successful. It's breaking records on social media. You put Stone Cold Steve Austin 
and CM Punk in the same ring the night after the Royal Rumble for a promo or after Elimination Chamber or whatever. I mean, what more? What more could you ask for? Like, I guess the only question is, how do you get to that point, right? Like, how do you get to that point? And that that's There's so many part. different options. There's so many different options because you can go so many different ways with it. And most of those options are are good anyway, right? Like most yeah. of those directions, you can go good, but it's just like. Sticking the landing is important in professional wrestling, and we don't see that very often. Um, I feel like anymore, you know, like a lot of these stories, you don't stick the landing. I think, like, even though obviously I'm not a fan of Cody, I thought Cody's time really felt like it was last year, WrestleMania, because now look, Randy Orton's back. People fucking love Randy. LA Knight is super over. People love LA Knight. Um, Jay Uso is over. People fucking love Jay Uso and this yeet 2013 garbage. And Punk's back now. So you got Punk and Cody on the opposite sides. And it's like you can give them both the main event. But it was just a little more special, I think, for Cody when he was the only one vying for like a solo title. And that was the title that really felt special. And there wasn't a second title on Raw at the time, right? I don't think that title existed then. So there is, like I said, there, there's something to be said about sticking the landing in the story. And even though we know Cody is probably going to, you know, when either when I don't think he's winning a Rumble. I don't think he's winning a Rumble again, but I think he'll end up winning Elimination Chamber, getting his title shot, beating Roman. But I don't think that'll be as exciting this time around because now there's a story that's fresher, that's more interesting, that's not a rematch. And that's what I think Punk brings for this. And I would have honestly done Randy versus Cody uh, at a WrestleMania. I think that would have been great because... We just saw Roman and Cody last year. We've just seen it again. So it's just like this time he's just not going to get like Solo is not going to hit him with the with the spike and he's going to hit the crossroads three times. Like it's just anticlimactic. And I think people who think, oh, Cody's bigger now than he was last year and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, it's true. But Cody's fell out of the top five of merchandise on WWShop.com. Doesn't that seem interesting? The guy who was number one has now fallen out of the top five. He's there every week. I feel like that's a little interesting. Could he be cooling off, heading into the biggest season for WWE? Like, that's a problem. So, if anything, Punk's return actually has given him a little juice. And I'll be honest, Punk and, and Rollins or Austin, whoever he fights, Take a headline night two instead of night one, if you really want to be honest. Yeah. Because Cody finishing the story with a rematch of last year. I'll be I'll be honest. I went back and watched the Roman and Cody match. And I'll be honest, before that overbooked ending, it was a pretty good match. Yeah, very good. So you have to then top that 
and then also still expect more overbooking of the finish because they're not going to go one-on-one. You're not going to get a straight-up one-on-one match. This is not Roman style anymore. And so, I guess, I, I think Punk has to main event WrestleMania. Obviously, it's night one versus night two. Which one is more important? I don't know. I don't know how they split up the matches. But there's a lot to be, lot to ask people in WWE right now. If I could talk to several people, I'd say, hey, what's your plan for LA Knight heading into WrestleMania? How does Big he time. factor in? You know, uh, what about Randy Orton? Where's he going to do? You know, like, is there a few that's lingering out there that we haven't seen? Um, I mean, if we know if Punk and Rollins are, are going to wrestle each other and Roman and Cody are going to wrestle. OK, so then look at the rest. What is Jay Uso going to do? He's going to do Jimmy versus Jay finally at WrestleMania. We're dragging it out another three or four months. Like, how do we get back to that? More bloodline. Like, th- there's so much. There's so much. I will say I was disappointed tonight. I was disappointed about SmackDown. I was hoping we got an interaction with Paul Heyman and CM Punk. And we were this close right before that Kevin Owens one. Yeah, they, they teased it. They know. They know. And I, I would have really enjoyed if Punk right after the Owens segment, Heyman opens the door while Punk is leaving. And like, Punk looks back and then Hammond shuts the door or something like like something like that. <laughs> yeah. It would leave you like, oh, okay. But you know, it is what it is. I, I like I said, I, I I like this punk return for WWE. I think I think it's gonna do great business for them because punk is great business. And you know, I think we're kind of getting a distinction. And when he said home, he keeps saying his home thing. It's starting to settle in that, like we think we said last week, this is, this really is his home. Yeah. I mean, he spent seven years on his couch in Chicago, spent 10 years in WWE, and he spent a, two years technically in AW, and a couple years in Ring of Honor. I mean, WWE is his home. And he came back to the place that he truly made his name, a, a household name, a worldwide name. And now he's finishing his story as well. Everybody that comes back to the WWE seems like they're just coming back to finish their own personal damn story. I, I just I just find that to be hilarious that nobody's coming back because they want to come back and, and, and be there. They're coming back because they got unfinished business. And I find that to be amazing that it's like, it didn't work out of AEW? Fine, I'm going to come back get paid a shit ton of money which which is I believe WWE is paying both Cody and Punk sizable uh sizable raises compared to what they were getting in AEW so um that's cra- I, I can say it's just crazy and the per- Punk and Cody segment was interesting because a lot of people thought Cody and Punk didn't get along or Cody left because of Punk and I've heard people say that. I heard people say, obviously, Punk and uh, and and Cody and the Elite too. It's probably more merit to that than it is the Punk thing. So it's just interesting watching watching those segments, the the Owen stuff, and and um, like I said, I, I'm I'm interested to see where this goes. I know where some of it's going. Uh, it's just you know. Also, I want to uh, really quickly point out. 
this is ra- random, but shout out to Trish Adora, who Hell yeah. is who is wrestling on AEW Rampage. I think this is like one of her only one or two, two or three appearances on AEW television. Yeah. So let's wrap and, this up so I can watch that match. <laughs> I'm 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 watching. Uh yeah. Fuck yeah, and Abaddon too. Let's fucking go. A lot going on this, in this match. You're getting live commentary. If you're, if you're li- when people listen to this, they're getting live commentary. I have a lot are. to say. <laughs> I have a lot to say about this match. Shout out to Trisha Dora because Trisha Dora, whenever this AW album actually comes out, I have a song for Trisha Dora. Um, she's a hard person to, to, to track down to find out what she likes musically and and stuff like that, but she is great. She does a great job wrestling. She is one of the absolute best, uh, especially of the of the because she's not officially signed with AEW. Just want to point that out. She's not officially signed to AEW. So. Fuck, it should be. You think, right? You think yeah, it would absolutely. Also- so be on the lookout for that album again. Whenever we've been looking for that thing for a while. Uh, I know you're looking on a look. You're working on a little bit of new music here and there, uh, channeling some some frustrations that are going on these days. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Everybody else, listen to this. Check back on the timeline. We did our weekly uh, super pod where we actually got a little bit of college football in there as well. Some college football playoff talk, some NFL talk, um, and some some NFL talk. By the way, that's going to start getting spicier because I've. I've gotten clearance. I've gotten the green light for some friends who work at some some uh some major companies. Uh and they told me I don't need to hold back. So soon. Uh-oh. Uh so check that out <laughs> last week. And then of course, still we have our interview with uh MLW World Heavyweight Champion Alex Kane that's on the feed. Go back and check that out. We're here and waiting to hear back from a couple of real big guests. We might have coming up soon. And we will at one week or another be having our year end awards coming up little DAR sports meeting. We're just going to talk about our wrestle of the year, our show of the year, match of the year, real, real light stuff. We don't, we don't take it as seriously as some, some other outlets. We just want to give some people their flowers and give some people their props. Cause we do like to uplift those people who deserve it around here, work with everybody that we can. I would, I would. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not haters. Um, um I, I would love to, however, uh, see uh like do a kind of a thing where where um where we're doing like an end of the year thing for sports it's kind of harder to do sports right because of the yeah seasons are still ongoing but yeah we can do something but we'll, we'll we'll work on that we'll definitely work on that concept see if we can scrape up some guests to do some year-end stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks uh so True. Anything to add before we roll out? Hey, man, make sure you are rocking with D-A-R. Um, I got an article I'm trying to finish right now. Um, funny enough, it's on, it's on CM Punk. Um, but yeah, man, I am, you know, trying to do trying to do what I can to uh, crank out some content and get things rolling again on the website. Um, you know, it is what it is, man. 
Oh, that's interesting. Did not expect to see that just happen. Um, but yes, no, and of course, you got the music. Uh, it's funny because it feels like it's been longer, but it's only been <laughs> two months since Apollo and I dropped our last two projects. So um, make sure you go you go check out uh, Older Gods Do Evolve and the platform. Um, we have a a surprise actually coming um, song wise, uh, hopefully around Christmas. And uh, yeah. You know, we'll see. We'll we'll see where everything's going with that. But hey, it is what it is. We got we got more coming. Don't plan on stopping, although the haters mm -hmm. wish we would. But not gonna happen. And that's because the world of DAR sports media. Never stop. You know the dogs is after you. You in the Netflix and them boys gonna capture you. Blood is gonna splatter, dude. Nigga with an attitude, we gonna rattle you like a cage animal. Mandible claw. I'm back. I'm sitting back, relaxing now, peeping this. Eat the rich, become the rich. What's wondrous is thunderous. Applause, you couldn't speak of it. Plateaus for afros, it seems you're never reaching this. Internal structure, knowledge yourself. It ain't no teaching this. They got a right strike, but this right strikes at the higher might. I can fight battles for others without no iron rights. CEOs richer than us, they keep the medicine with cures locked away from the people you couldn't meddle in. The sad part is, what do you know? And are you settling? And if you are, then how can you work to not be irrelevant? Damn.